welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the references by the Attorney General and Advocate General for Scotland. The citation for this case is 2021 UKSC 42. And the first thing that you might notice about this is the unusual case name, and it's certainly true that this is not the standard case where you have one side against the other. In fact, if there are two sides in this case, it is the Scottish government going up against the UK government. You see, under Section 33 of the Scotland Act 1998, the Attorney General and the Advocate General for Scotland mentioned in the case name can refer any provision that has been passed by the Scottish Parliament to the Supreme Court to ask if it is within the legislative competence of the Scottish Parliament. In this case, there are two bills that are being considered together, the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child Incorporation Scotland Bill, which I will call the UNCRC Bill, and the European Charter of Local Self-Government Incorporation Scotland Bill, which I will call the ECLSG Bill. Both of these bills incorporate treaties, to which the UK is a signatory, into Scottish law, And that in itself is not a problem, but there were questions about the way in which the bills do this, and so that is the legal question we will pick up with the Supreme Court now. So the way that this works is that Section 28.7 of the Scotland Act basically guarantees the supremacy of the Parliament in Westminster over the devolved Parliament in Holyrood. Thus, if any Scottish bill attempts to modify Section 28.7 in some way, then it will be considered a contravention of section 292c of the Scotland Act, as it is read alongside paragraph 4.1 of schedule 4 of the same Act. With that in mind, we can now look at the relevant clauses in the UNCRC Bill and the ECLSG Bill to see if they would modify section 28.7. Firstly, we have sections 19.2a.2 of the UNCRC Bill and section 4.1a of the ECLSG Bill, which are both worded so as to require, so far as it is possible to do so, for an Act of the UK Parliament to be read and given effect in a way which is compatible with the international treaties. On the surface this seems fair enough, if the UK is itself a signatory to these treaties, but the problem is that this has the potential to undermine parliamentary supremacy you might potentially end up in a situation where the treaty conflicts with an Act of Parliament, and in that situation it is Parliament that must prevail. So those sections of the bills are outside of the legislative competence of the Scottish Parliament. Moving on, and Section 2010A2 of the UNCRC Bill would go further and allow courts to strike down and invalidate provisions within an Act of Parliament that predate the passing of the Bill into law, and those which are incompatible with the international treaty as well. While this does only deal with older pieces of legislation, it is still true that an important part of parliamentary sovereignty is to also allow existing provisions to remain in force unamended. Clearly, if existing statutes become dependent on a court interpreting the wording to be compatible with the UNCRC, then this impinges on the way in which Parliament can make law for Scotland, and therefore also modifies Section 287 of the Scotland Act 1998. Next up, there is Section 215b2 of the UNCRC Bill and Section 51 of the ECLSG Bill 
which would both confer on the courts the power to declare that an act of parliament that is enacted after the bill enters into force to be incompatible with each respective international treaty. This would work similar to a declaration of incompatibility in a human rights context, and while it would not require the UK Parliament to amend or repeal the incompatible statute, it would affect the power of the UK Parliament to legislate for Scotland by putting pressure on it to remove the incompatibility. In this way, the bills do modify Section 28.7 of the Scotland Act and are therefore outside of the legislative competence of the Scottish Parliament. Next up, we have Section 6 of the UNCRC Bill that would make it unlawful for any public authority to act in a way that is incompatible with the UNCRC. It was argued that this would merely allow the courts to impose corrective limitations in specific cases, but that is still requiring the courts to go beyond mere interpretation, and it makes it hard to assess what the long-term effects of this legislation would be in practice. Given what this is requiring the courts to do, Section 6 of the Bill is also not within the legislative competence of the Scottish Parliament. Overall, then, it was decided that none of the provisions we have discussed today would be allowed to stand in their current form, and so they go back to the Scottish Parliament for further consideration. In a legal sense, I think it is hard to disagree with much of the reasoning of the Supreme Court here. It is important to remember that while Scotland does have a lot of powers under the devolution agreement, it is still part of the UK, for now at least, and that the powers are granted to it from the Westminster Parliament. In other words, this is not a relationship of equals, and when Scotland goes beyond the scope of the agreement, it is right that it is brought back in line via the reference procedure and the Supreme Court. Perhaps the one area where I might disagree with the justices is with the incompatibility provisions. While some sort of declaration of incompatibility would put pressure on the UK Parliament to amend or repeal statutes that fall short of the international treaties, the actual legislative arrangement would not change and the statute would remain in force. I can see that it might make things a little awkward for everyone involved, including the courts to be honest, but it's not a massive deal. Before I finish, I think it's also important to talk about the politics surrounding this case. It is no secret that the government in Holyrood and the government in Westminster do not like each other very much, with the Scottish National Party pushing for another independence referendum, and the Conservatives doing everything they can to preserve the union. With these bills, it feels like the SNP are deliberately pushing up against the limits of what they are allowed to do. For them, it is pretty much a win-win situation. If they are successful before the Supreme Court, then their legislation puts more pressure on the UK government. And if they lose, as was the case here, then they get to point out how unfair it is that their power is limited, even when they just want to make sure that the country is upholding the international treaties to which it is a signatory. This is a worrying trend because it takes up time in the Supreme Court for the sake of politics, when there are serious legal issues that need resolving. The constitutional arrangement is clear, and the sooner that the SNP realise this, the better. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provides the theme music. The only thing I would like to say before I go this time is I hope that you all have a wonderful Christmas and an amazing new year. I hope that 2022 is better or just as good as 2021 for you, 
Um, I will be back with new episodes in the new year. I might take a week off next week while it is the Christmas holidays, um, but you can expect another full slate of shows in 2022. So I look forward to speaking to you then. All right, that's all from me. I'll be back soon, but for now, bye.